0: More than half of all Premier League clubs now have American owners, including Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, and Liverpool. So, this podcast breaks down how this might soon create a dangerous situation where the Super League is restarted, all star games are established, and relegation has ended. I hope you enjoy this breakdown, but before we get into it, let's quickly run through today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by my friends at 8 Sleep. Good sleep is the ultimate game changer, and the 8 Sleep pod is the ultimate sleep machine. 8 Sleep has dramatically improved my daily performance. For me, I was never able to get a good sleep because I was always too hot. But now, I'm falling asleep in record time, faster than I have before. The Pod is the only sleep technology that can maintain the optimal sleeping temperature for what your body needs. It's not just me who sleeps on the 8sleep, though. The product is so good that it's garnered the attention of CEOs, Olympians, UFC champions, and even the Mercedes F1 racing team. Even better, 8sleep recently launched the next generation of the Pod. The new Pod 3 enables more accurate sleep and health track double the amount of sensors, delivering you the best sleep experience on earth. The pod isn't magic, but it definitely feels like it. So go to eight slash Joe to start sleeping cool and save $150 on the pod. Eight Sleep currently ships within the US, Canada, the UK, and select countries in the EU. Next up is Element. Element has been my cheat code over the last several months. The easiest endorsement I can give is that since drinking Element, I feel more energized and experience fewer headaches and muscle cramps. It's simple. I just add it to my water every morning, and I'm ready to go. No sugar, no junk. There's a reason why hundreds of pro athletes and teams are using it, because it works. And now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets for free with any Element order. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash joe. This deal is only going to be available through my link, so make sure you go to drink, D-R-I-N-K, Element, L-M-N-T, dot joe. Next up is MoonPay. The leader in Web3 infrastructure, trusted by major crypto brands and millions of people worldwide, MoonPay is a portal to Web3, a place where you can transact with peers globally and own your digital identity. As blockchain technology continues to integrate with sports all over the world, teams and leagues are looking for simple solutions to unlock their digital markets. That's where MoonPay can help. Whether you are a front office staff, a business executive, or a marketer, and you're looking to mint collectibles on the blockchain to create an NFT marketplace for your brand, MoonPay's technology can bring your digital strategies to life. So if you want to learn more, go to MoonPay.com slash Joe. That's MoonPay.com slash Joe. Joe Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of Joe Pompliano and his guests are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion by Joe or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, let's get into this episode. On May 22nd, 2022, American Todd Boley completed his takeover of Chelsea FC for a reported $3.1 billion, making Chelsea the seventh club in the current Premier League to have an American as a majority shareholder and taking us halfway towards a situation that could change English football forever. Since the Glazer family purchased Manchester United in 2005, more and more American entrepreneurs and businessmen have crossed the Atlantic to take a stake in the Premier League, attracted by increasing media rights deals and rapidly growing revenue generated by the English League. But their presence hasn't come without controversy. Over the past decade, Man United, Liverpool, and Arsenal fans have all held protests against their respective American owners, and many saw the creation of the European Super League as an attempt to create a closed system for European football, similar to that seen with the NFL, NBA, and MLS. Of course, the European Super League wasn't just driven by American owners. But the philosophy and desired outcomes reflected the structure of many American leagues, which is why many fear that the increasing influence of American owners in English football is a clear and present danger to the fabric of the English football game. So this is the story of how 14 Americans could break the Premier League. The story begins in 1992 with the formation of the Premier League after first division teams signed an agreement to establish a new league with the goal of bringing more money into the English game. This newly formed top division was to have commercial independence from the Football Association, and the Football League, giving it license to negotiate its own broadcast and sponsorship agreements. And within a year, the plan was working. Television rights had increased fivefold, and the average value of Premier League clubs steadily began to rise also. At the time, foreign ownership in the league was minimal, with the most successful owner of the early period being Jack Walker, who took Blackburn to their first league title in 1995. But over the course of the 1990s and early 2000s, the price of Premier League clubs gradually rose. And by the time Roman Abramovich bought Chelsea in 2003 for a record $190 million, it was clear that the Premier League was becoming an incredibly attractive investment opportunity. And it wasn't long before American entrepreneurs sensed that opportunity also, because in June 2005, the Glazer family became the first American owners in the Premier League after a hostile takeover of Manchester United worth $1.2 billion. But that was just the start, because two years later, Liverpool were bought by George Gillett and Tom Hicks, who were subsequently bought out by another American, John Henry, the owner of Fenway Sports Group, for $477 million in October 2010. And six months after that, Stan Kroenke completed a takeover of Arsenal for a purchase value of $1.1 billion. And since then, numerous other clubs have either been taken over or received considerable investment from American-backed groups, including Fulham, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Aston Villa, Man City, Leeds United, and most recently, Chelsea, with a $3.1 billion purchase led by Todd Bowley. But why are American entrepreneurs so interested in English football? And why do they want to invest in a league where the average team value is lower than the value of franchises in the NFL, NBA, and MLB? The simple answer is the opportunity for long-term growth. In 2019, Premier League clubs generated more than 5 billion pounds in revenue for the first time. This was more than double the figure from just a decade earlier, and the numbers keep rising. Media rights accounted for almost 60% of that revenue, with an additional 28% coming from merchandise and sponsorship deals, and the rest from gate receipts. Unsurprisingly, this growth has had a seismic impact on the value of teams within the league, with Chelsea being perhaps the most obvious example. Former owner Roman Abramovich bought the club in 2003 for only $190 million and was forced to sell in 2022 for $3.1 billion, more than 15 times the original purchase price. And Chelsea is not an outlier. Other clubs have seen similar patterns of growth. For example, Liverpool were bought for $477 million in 2010 and are currently valued at $4.45 billion. Man United were purchased for $1.4 billion in 2005 and are currently valued at $4.65 billion. Heck, even Aston Villa, who were bought for just $70.9 million just four years ago in 2018, are now worth an estimated $750 million. This extraordinary growth has been partly driven by the league's popularity on the global stage. Research from consulting firm EY found that 3.2 billion viewers watched Premier League matches around the world in 2019-2020, with more than 1.4 billion people identifying as a fan Of a particular Premier League club. And this has been reflected in the deals that have been made for broadcast rights. International rights for the next three seasons, for example, sold for $5.97 billion, which is 30% higher than the previous package. In fact, international broadcasting rights are bigger and more valuable than the domestic rights in the UK. Now, given this growing popularity and the upward trend of sports broadcasting rights overall, it's likely that these TV deals will go up even more when they're up for renewal again in the coming years, and every team will feel that effect. For example, Last season, every Premier League team received over 100 million pounds for the first time in league history. This dwarfs other leagues across Europe, with La Liga's champions making about 135 million pounds and the winners in Germany receiving just 90 million pounds. And despite the incredible growth, the average Premier League team is still cheaper than their counterparts in the NFL, NBA, and MLB, making it a particularly enticing prospect given the global appeal, the size of the audience, and the potential for future expansion. And the cherry on top for American owners is that football is finally starting to show major growth potential in the U.S., the world's most valuable sports market. NBC renewed its U.S. broadcast deal in November 2021 with the Premier League for $2.7 billion. And UEFA also struck a deal with Paramount Global for the Champions League U.S. broadcast rights for $1.5 billion, which qualifying Premier League teams get a share of. Added to this, Premier League teams have a fandom advantage over other football and soccer leagues in the USA too a 2019 morning consult survey of avid soccer fans found that the Premier League had a 31% higher favorability rating than the next most popular league in La Liga. So it's quite clear why American owners might want to invest in the Premier League. The potential upside is extremely compelling and the risks are seemingly low given the projected growth. But even with the vast sums of money crossing the Atlantic, some fans and pundits are concerned by the arrival of American owners. But before we can explain why, we first need to understand how the Premier League works and why the number 14 is so important. To put it in simple terms, the Premier League runs under a shareholder model, with each of the 20 clubs considered a shareholder in the league. At the end of each season, relegated clubs transfer their shares to newly promoted sides from the championship. And more importantly, clubs can propose new rules or amendments. These proposals are discussed at the Premier League AGM in July and then voted on by every club. This is where the number 14 suddenly becomes important, because according to the Premier League's own documentation, each member club is entitled to one vote, and all rule changes and major commercial contracts required the support of at least a two-thirds vote, or 14 clubs, to be agreed upon. This means that if any owner wanted to bring changes to the existing structure and format of the Premier League, they would need the support of at least 13 other owners and clubs to make any sort of progress with their recommendation. This rule most recently made headlines during the European Super League debacle, when the 14 clubs not involved unanimously and vigorously rejected plans for the breakaway competition, leading to the Premier League coming out against the six Rebel clubs and threatening to remove them from competition if they followed through in joining the Super League. So why does this matter? Well, following the recent takeover at Chelsea and AFC Bournemouth, over half of the current Premier League teams have American interest in their ownership structure, eight with an American majority owner and three with minority interest. And it's not just within the top flight either. With numerous teams in the championship, including Swansea, Millwall, and Burnley, now also under American ownership, if any non-American sides got relegated and any of these American-led teams were promoted, the Premier League is suddenly a whole lot closer to surpassing the key threshold of 14 votes needed to get any changes through. So for American owners investing in the Premier League, there are clearly a lot of opportunities, but there's also one key risk, relegation. Promotion and relegation are intrinsic parts of English football, but for club owners, the success and performance of their investment relies almost exclusively on being in the top division. And so the incentive to create a system where they can't leave, i.e. by removing relegation, is clearly appealing. And it's a system that American owners are familiar with too. The NFL, NBA, and MLB are all closed leagues, which means there isn't any threat of relegation, and so investments are relatively more secure. But without that safety net in the Premier League, there is a concern that the style and approach adopted in those American leagues could be fast-tracked into English football to protect owners' investment and ensure long-term financial security. But this is not necessarily a new idea. In 2011, League Managers Association Chief Executive Richard Bevin spoke about the issue saying that there were a number of overseas-owned clubs already talking about bringing about the avoidance of promotion and relegation in the Premier League. He went on to say, if you look at sports all around the world, and you look at sports owners trying to work out how to invest and make money, you will find that most of them like the idea of franchises. If you take particularly American owners, without doubt, there have been a number of them looking at bringing more of a franchise situation, and that would mean no promotion or relegation. But the idea of removing relegation has not proved popular in the recent past. The response to the proposed European Super League which was effectively trying to create an elite group of teams who were protected from relegation, was an indication of how such a move might be received by the fans. And if this were to happen, reverberations would be felt throughout the English football system. The football pyramid, which enabled teams like AFC Bournemouth to rise from the fourth tier of English football to the Premier League in just six years, would be irrevocably destroyed. But ultimately, if 14 clubs vote in favor of that change, there's little that supporters can do, which is why pundits like Gary Neville, have labeled U.S. investment in English football as a clear and present danger to the pyramid and fabric of the game. And it's not just the question of relegation, which has raised concerns about American ownership. If the number of American owners surpasses the magical number 14, the focus on maximizing financial returns means that ideas like the all-star North versus South match, as suggested by Todd Bowley, or hosting a 39th Premier League match overseas to exploit the global audience, could become a reality. For fans of English clubs who see their local football teams as a representation of their individual towns, and cities, and as a key part of the history and heritage, this commercialization would further erode the traditions and history upon which the Premier League was built. So are the fans right to be worried? And is there a clear and present danger to the Premier League? Well, yes and no. If we look at the current makeup of the Premier League, we're getting close to that magical mark of 14. The impending takeover of AFC Bournemouth could take us one step closer. And if we did pass that number, it's likely that American philosophies and approaches to sport would begin to permeate into English football. But even if we pass the magical number 14, Premier League fans showed with the European Super League that they are unlikely to take any changes lying down. Concerns over the destruction of the football pyramid are perhaps premature, but the cultural clash is still noteworthy. And if the motives of owners and fans become further opposed, with one wanting to make money and the other one trying to cling on to the history of the game in the league, there could be more issues before too long. The ownership model adopted by boyhood fans like Jack Walker is perhaps a thing of the past. And the European Super League was perhaps a foreshadowing of what's to come. But on that front, only time will tell. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening to The Joe Pomp Show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify so that you don't miss any episodes going forward. And if you are looking for additional content, check out my daily newsletter at readhuddleup.com or follow me on Twitter at Joe Pompliano. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you next time.